Don't look now, but it's another episode of the Dicer Screaming Podcast. Coming at you. That's right. You should be afraid. Those dice are screaming for a reason. <laughs> and now you will be too, or at least your eardrums will be. Uh, yeah, time for bleeding eardrums with uh, Randy and Mike. Uh, I'm Randy. And I'm Mike. Yeah. Uh, at the Dice are Screaming Podcast. <laughs> the the quality product, the the Lollapalooza or the porta potty. potty ah of gaming podcasts. You're glad it's there, but it's not the most savory of circumstances. Beats <laughs> yeah, going into a field of strangers, but yeah, that, it, anything beats an open hole in the ground. You know, but uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, um, yeah, we're going to talk about some gaming stuff tonight. It's Topic Tuesday, so this is where we take out a topic, we kick it around the yard and wear it out, and then uh, put it away. Um, hopefully you'll enjoy our topic that we got for you tonight, so, uh, not to keep you in suspense for too much longer, but, uh, a few changes are going to be coming here to the podcast uh, as the new year comes in, so we'll be doing that, and also a new banner and some advertisements coming your way, uh, as it is the season for charity, we're going to be doing a little, uh, charity work here on the Dice of Screaming, so please support them, but, uh, just so you're warned, uh, they, uh, they're just small advertisements that we'll be doing. So just uh, pitch in and uh, give it a listen, if nothing else, or, you know, give it a like. Yeah. That'll help them out. Um, Noble causes all. All right. So we've got some call-ins. Jason called in, so we're going to get right oh. to that. So Jason from uh, is it RPG, RPG Nerd, Nerd Variety Ready? Cast. Thank you. Thank you. I was almost in stereo. Just a little rusty on the triggers there, uh, so just uh, forgive me. Um, nonetheless, uh, yeah, Jason, you got some stuff to share with us, so take it away, Jason. Hey guys, Jason here, Nerds RPG Variety Cast. Really enjoyed your Red Red Sun episode and the House Rules episode. I don't have a whole lot to say. I never played Red Sun. I missed second edition D&D. I mean, I was aware it existed, but I never played it, so no comments there. Um, as far as House Rules... Well, we don't have time for me to go into that, do we? As far as, like, initiative, yeah, I, I like simple initiative. I called into Rob C. over at Down in the Heat podcast because we were talking. he wanted initiative to take and affect their class. And what we talked about was maybe doing initiative with an ascending dice chain. And then you add their, yeah, you do an ascending dice chain, and maybe it goes up every, like, four or five levels, right? So it would start... And this is going to go into two messages. So a magic user might have a D4 initiative die. You know, a, a cleric might have a D6, a thief a D8, and a fighter a D10, right? And then every four classes, they go up one. Actually, what you do is you use the DCC um, dice chain. So you have D5s and D7s and, you know, all the weird dice in there. So you have a bunch of steps in your dice chain, you have, right? And that way, on the... If a fighter's having a bad day, a mage might go faster than him. But if a fighter and a mage are both having a good day, the fighter's always going to go first. I hope I explained that. I, I really summarized that quickly, but I hope it kind of made sense. Um, the other, where you talk about, like, turn order and doing spells is instance. I really like the idea of doing turn orders in missile fire, movement, melee combat, spells. So spells go off at the end of the round after you cast them, for the most part. Um, or, well, you would, you would say you're going to do the spell. Yeah, so let me clean that up. Lower-level spells, spells of the instant tag. You would So in the beginning of the turn, you declare what you're going to do, right? You're going to missile fire, you're going to move, you're going to fight, 
or you're going to, you know, melee, or you're going to cast a spell. And then the spell you say you're going to cast goes off at the end of the round, except maybe higher level spells go off the next round, right? But I, I really like that way of going because it, it does mean this, the spellcasters have to be protected. Um, anyway, but those are just some thoughts on house rules. There are so many more I can talk about, and I'm not going to bore you and your listeners. But you guys are doing a great job. I really enjoy the podcast, and I will look forward to calling in to you next time. All right. Hey, thanks, Jason, for uh, calling in. Yeah, um, some nice house rules. I, I kind of like the uh, using the hit dice, but uh, I also think that uh, some of those weird dice, you know, the, the only problem I'd have with that is, like, it's really hard to get those at certain places outside of Gen Con or Mail Order, but... Um, yeah, all right. I mean, it's not like they're impossible to find with the power of the interwebs. And but, Amazon, uh, yeah. But. Uh, I, I am less familiar with the use of them than other circumstances, but I do like the idea of the much simplified initiative process uh, to take some of the blood, sweat, and tears out of it. Those both sound like pretty solid ways to keep it down to... Uh, <clears throat> A dull roar, you know, to, to get the combat out of the way most of the time, with the exception of very instantaneous spells. Uh, I, boy, would I have loved uh, <laughs> to, to be at a few games where the, the fighter moved in a more orderly and timely fashion as opposed to dead last. <laughs> well, you have to get a better set of dice. You just bare bet that's all there is. <laughs> yeah, I, I am notorious for poor initiative. Yeah. Um, I, not... You know, but not entirely discontented because I've had some marvelous roles for other circumstances. I, I don't feel like Lady Luck has abandoned me entirely. But I, I literally had a moment of, like, almost childlike glee uh, because I nailed an initiative role. I actually got a nat 20 for once and, like, moved almost at the top of the round. Uh, and it's... It's just been so long since that happened. Uh, you know, there was a little part of me that was just breathtaking. Like, I I, I don't know what to do. I mean, I, I usually have, like, the entire round to decide what to do. And then, like, I, I, you know, will mop up the one lone survivor that is, you know, like, just cowering in the corner. Uh, no, I, I had a whole array of options to undertake. And it was just a really refreshing experience. But... <laughs> But those do sound like simpler, cooler uh, initiative systems than the ones we often deal with, uh, which is what house rules are for, man. Oh, yeah, making it more fun for you and your players, and you're well on your way to being part of that great gaming experience that we all crave. But, uh, all right, yeah, um, thanks thanks for that, Jason, and, uh, yeah, keep calling in, man. Uh, love hearing from you. So uh, we're going to turn over to a quick uh, paying the bills moment, run an advertisement, and then we'll be right back with our topic for tonight. Well, so we'll stick around. into content. Aye. All right, and we're back. So thanks for sticking around. So topic tonight is... Ah, fire the content catapult. <laughs> I have loaded it with several plague-riddled corpses. Aim for the city's wells. So... Oh, you really know how to hurt a person, don't you? <laughs> oh, man, that's mean siege warfare. No, yeah. no, we'll... All right. Release the content cages. All right. Yeah, uh, and they're we're letting it out. Yeah, oh. we're letting it out. Here comes a tearing at you. It's spontaneous gaming, do's and don'ts. We're going to talk about those times where 
you have a plan. The unexpected game, uh, where everything that you had in mind falls away. Uh, you may have had firm plans and things like that, but sometimes uh, when you've got a large enough group of people, uh, and sometimes even with a fairly small group of people, scheduling throws things off. Yep, the one bugbear of great strikes. gaming is not so much a monster or rule set. It's scheduling. Yeah, it's extremely hard to get everybody on the same page at the same time uh, and into the same location uh, more than, well, you know, once a week or once a month. Uh, and in some cases, you know, there are groups that have been sporadically playing for years and years, but only meet under the most oddball of circumstances. Mm-hmm. Uh. Well, yeah, but we're going to assume you have a regular group and, you know, or you're in one of the other conditions you find yourself where you're with a bunch of friends and somebody will say, hey, how about we play a game of D&D or whatever. And so what do you do? And uh, spontaneous games are those times when, you know, sometimes it's it's the pick, a quick pickup game that doesn't take a whole lot of rules or creations that you can play out and get the scenario done at that setting. I'm going to say example one. Uh, would be for experienced DMs uh, having a little bit of material laid aside that is not related to your specific campaign. Having pre-generated characters ready for that, uh, absolutely a class A act right there. Having that preparatory work covered in advance. Like, all right, I got pre-gens, and a hole in the ground with a bunch of dangerous things with sharp teeth. Uh, that's a great way to just launch very, very quickly. Uh, and that presumes using the identical game system you're already with. We'll we'll hit on uh, different right. game systems and things like that so, in a bit. But like what working I do is, with what you know. Right. So what I do is I carry with me uh, a lot of the quick start uh, adventures. For some other games that maybe we don't always play a lot of. And my prep personal favorite to go with is Call of Cthulhu. Because, first of all, it's kind of lends itself to, uh, to one-offs quite well. Because, you know, you're not really attached to the characters. But you want to see what the mystery is about. So, it's not so much your characters you want to get powerful. But you want to survive to see what's at the end. So, there's a mystery almost <laughs> in every one of the Call of Cthulhu games. Yeah, even if seeing what's at the end drives you crazy. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so um, those are pretty good, but... The Madhouse! The, the more complex the system, like Shadowrun, where there's a rather intricate uh, character creation process, or even, uh, you know, mid-level Pathfinder, you want to have something where it's easy to approach. So either with Shadowrun, you're using, uh, you know, you have a regular group of uh, Shadowrunners, ready to go, or with uh, uh, Pathfinder, you know, you can start out at first level, you know, run a first level introductory game sort of thing where you just, you know, you're just basically doing some dungeon bashing or D&D &D the same way. And no matter what it is, you know, you want to start out uh, quick and fast because you don't want to spend a whole lot of time teaching people new rules and ways to play. So if it's a new game uh, you want to have that you've never played before, you might want to take some time out and do that another time. But usually use something that people are at least familiar with. That's a big do's and don'ts off of that one. The example. Carrying with you, like Mike said earlier, 
having some pre-generated characters for a different campaign or just, you know, in your spare time when something doesn't work out or you uh, have to scrub a, um, a game for an evening, you know, spend some time uh, creating an adventure or familiarizing yourself with a module and having some characters ready to go with that, which you would think would be an interesting uh, set of characters to get together if they're more than first level, like a, a group of fifth level characters of oddball classes and races kind of just, uh, you know, going into a different adventure style that could be a lot of fun for people wanting to play out something that they don't get a lot of opportunity to play, like a centaur ranger. Okay, now that's a weird one. I was going to say, there are certain, if, if you're working with a fantasy-based system, there's a couple of cliches that I love for one-off games. Mm. Uh, one of them I nicknamed the Children's Crusade, where you just have... Uh, basically not quite first-level characters that are just like, you know, the Adventurer's Youth League, <laughs> the town blacksmith's kid, you know, swinging a hammer, uh, and, you know, the uh, cunning rogue uh, amongst you, and, of course, the apprentice wizard. Uh, you know, you just the, the archetype. And then you have a much lower-key little adventure where the challenges seem very big, because the characters do not have lots of hit points and lots of expensive armor and, you know, high-quality goods. They don't have a lot to work with, except the player's wits. So, uh, that's one uh, Yeah, quick and easy. Trope. Uh, another one is like the, the zero monsters. The, yep, the zero level. But, okay, yep, I like where you're going with the next one. Yeah, the another trope, uh, fast game, would be to have uh, non-human... Uh, non-traditional player races. Uh, you mentioned the Centaur, for example. Well, yeah, yeah. There I mean, was you one could like... have a collection of fairy kind that are on a special mission. Uh, that you know, you you've got the a pixie in the party, and uh, you know, a sprite, uh, a leprechaun, and a, a grig. Walk into a bar. Uh, yeah, that's a great start of a great joke, but. Uh... <laughs> uh. And the centaur says, I can't fit under that. Oh, well, so, yeah. But yeah, uh, no, we're the, leave that the one point being, you know, this is a pretty unique circumstance where the players are playing the creatures that they would normally encounter in passing. You know, they, these are the NPCs that litter the world and they don't normally have anything to deal with. They don't have anything to do with those creatures on a more personal level. And this time they play them. Yeah, there was a dungeon magazine that had uh, where you were playing like a, a group of monsters working for an orc king, including mm. a young troll, old grizzled uh, hobgoblin vet who's now lame in one leg, and you know all scarred up from critical hits. A goblin uh, who is very roguelike. Yeah, a goblin sneak and a... uh, and an orc, I believe, a shaman. Yep, uh, and you know. Welcome to the B team. Yeah. Okay, this is not the A team. These are all people who have apparently honked off the orc chief and get the suicide squad mission. Yeah, but only the hobgoblin is basically just wants to die. <laughs> He's the only competent member who's not here because he screwed up. Yeah, he just wants to die in honorable battle like a real warrior. And, you know, so he's okay with whatever happens. The rest of them. <laughs> like, well, the we troll, young troll's going to live through it. Well, one would hope. Unless it gets burned, it does. Fire notwithstanding, yeah. I mean, it, it's the, the troll is probably, part of the troll is probably going to make it home. But there's a great one that you can just do real quick, and everybody's going to have a good time, and they're going to remember it. 
I remember it at well after the the play is stopped. The uh, the final one uh, I w- I would throw out there just as like uh, for this type of yeah you know for this type of trope gaming where you're just doing a one off comedy, and this is a little tougher because um, not every DM is a comedy writer. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, it, it's just not everybody's specialty. Uh, I had a whole thing that I, I cooked up and I haven't gotten to use yet that I would just I, I'm dying to to put it into to practice, involving a uh, gnome, illusionist, and alchemist uh, with delusions of world domination grandeur. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, versus a lo- very low-level party uh, in a very non-fatal but largely hilarious adventure uh, as they go to investigate what has befallen a town that appears to have uh, fallen under the sway of some powerful and terrible wizard. And of course... Uh, far from the press releases that people had been getting, you know, the, like, rumors spreading rapidly that a terrifying and powerful sorcerer has indeed conquered this entire area and is rapidly spreading outwards and people might as well just surrender and join him. It's actually someone with a much more comical bent and a whimsical attitude. Uh, But who wants to feel like they're conquering the globe? So kind of like uh, not even particularly me? not not even it, yeah not even a particularly malicious person actually uh, you know instructs his guards to wield padded clubs and take prisoners <laughs> no no they can't die that'll ruin the whole thing <laughs> I haven't even given my speech yet uh. <laughs> and but uh, the the one off with sheer comic value Raymond, come here. relieves you of the long-term obligations of campaign play. Okay, just uh, having a good time, relaxing, and having a good reason to laugh. Uh, that's yeah. that's another way to spend a nice one-time game. And this is presuming, of course, you're using a familiar system, but sometimes you might want to break out and do a different system. Yeah, like we mentioned about Shadowrun, and using those starter sets is really good for that because the characters are already pre-generated, there's a good scenario to start you out with, and if you're familiar with it, and always should, as a game master, should always be prepped. But maybe you don't have a prep; it's just sitting on somebody's shelf. Like, have you ever played that before? Oh no! So let's get it down and play it off, dust off, and play it out. You can even do this with older editions of the game because a lot of them came with archetypes. Um, a good example of a game that you probably can get away with running very quickly and easily is Paranoia. Because the, <laughs> the rules, we don't need no sneaking rules. Speaking of comedy as a trope, yeah. uh, Paranoia is a perfect example of a game where fatality levels are so high uh, that it's expected. You know, the, the game yeah. is designed to deal with that reality uh, through the, the system of having multiple clones per player. Uh, so, you know, you're you're well prepared for the inevitable consequences of uh, high fatality play, uh, low level of attachment to particular characters, and with that low level of attachment, you also get the ability to just launch into a session with pre-gens that don't matter to anybody yeah. and quickly jump into game. And that's one of the do is, is if you're going to use a new rule system, use something that's a starter set, a quick start rules, or any of the other play uh, quick play stuff. You can usually find a couple online, too, if you're really stuck. 
you know, if you have internet access and maybe a printer or uh, just download a PDF, you can get going pretty quick off of those. And again, you can, uh, most of the rules and the quick starts are pretty basic. They, they give you the bare bones, just how you do stuff. You know, this is how you uh, do skills and interactions as well as combat. And they get you off to a pretty good start. Of course, if you're unfamiliar with the material, one of the do's is take some time out while the other uh, players are looking over their characters and familiarize yourself with the module. You know, maybe just take that uh, good half hour and just sit down and read it all the way through, skim it, pick out what points you're going to have to kind of study and move off from there. And I'm going to say as a don't, I mean, unless you're very, very comfortable winging it, uh, I, I would actually recommend that if you have very low level of familiarity with the new system, uh, that is not a strong option for a like spontaneous high speed sudden readiness game. You know, yeah. that's that may be more than anybody wants to bite off. And I uh, have been, you know, DMing and occasionally winging it for many years, and that does not change uh, the fact that I am hesitant to step out and do something like that. If I don't know a system well, I will usually start eyeballing systems I do know well. I stay right. stay in my zone. Uh, so do's always keep a couple modules or uh, adventures on hand with maybe a pre-gen or two if they're going to be more than first level. Even if they are playing first level, having pre-gens just makes it that much quicker to get into play. Yeah, and if you wind up using one of those emergency scenarios, take that one out of the file and start thinking up another one. Yeah, put it in for it another for uh, group in another time. Because remember, recycling your adventures is very important. There's nothing that goes to waste. Oh, yeah. Uh. You know, NPCs <laughs> that never were encountered, rooms that were never cleared, they can all be recycled some other time. Yeah, they can all appear in another episode, in another campaign setting even. You exactly. Know, as long as the, the traits and personality tidbits are identical, you still get to use that material. But uh, some other uh, things, um, there's always, well, back in the day, we used to carry magic cards with us because that was a good way to, you know, if people were uh, late in showing up or oh, we were just going to have a frequent problem. BS session, then yeah. we just play magic and, you know, do that. But nowadays we have a lot more options. Uh, one of the things I'd recommend is investing in the five-minute dungeon. It's oh. a heck of a fun game. You can clear, I mean, it literally, you have just five minutes to clear each level. And there's five levels. And you, you're probably not going to make it. But if you do, it's a bit of an achievement. Yeah, it's very frenetic and it's fast-paced. And it's a whole lot of fun. And it gets, you know, it, it gets it out of the way. Munchkin's another good one to just carry around oh, in your bag. classic. Yeah, because, you know, it's Munchkin. It's just fun. And I, I believe, I, I may or may not have the name right on this, it's either Realms of Fantasy or Fantasy Realms. It's a card-based game that uh, is point accumulation based on building strong combos. You're not actually playing oppositionally against the other players. You're attempting to build the strongest combination of cards so that you score the most points and win for that round. Uh, and it is, uh, at, per the name, fantasy-themed. And it's a pretty exceptional outing as simple card games go. Now, I'm told that there are some expansions for it okay. uh, that have come up, but I have not played the expansions. It is a fast, highly playable game that if you're trying to find a way to spontaneously have a good time 
with just three or four people while you wait for the rest of the crew or you're trying to salvage a game night, this is a great choice. Uh, low yeah. cost and ease, easy learning. Yeah, uh, it, the rules, improve. any game that's uh, easy to play and get uh, right out there, you know, but you don't want to have a game that you have to spend half an hour explaining, especially a board game or card game, where you have to spend 30 minutes explaining the rules and concepts. Now, like in 5-Minute Dungeon, the first time I explained it to people, their eyes were crossed, like, so what do we do? Well, just play. Trust me. Just play. You just draw three cards, and you'll figure it out as soon as we draw the first encounter card. (laughs) And they did. And so it's one of those things where, you know, it took just a few moments to explain the rules, like about five minutes, and uh, because there's no turn sequence, you just, everybody uh, participates. Oh, yeah. So board games and card games are yet one more other option. Do you know. carry them, but make sure that they're quick and easy to play and, you know, that it doesn't involve a whole lot because especially when you have a spontaneous game or just something goes flat, somebody has to leave in the mid-session and you have to call it right then, they're great to carry around in you. And I know that now you're starting to say, well, now I'm, you know, bulking up my uh, carrying bags. But, <laughs> you know, uh, um, yeah, it, it is a point, but uh, they're not, usually you want to kind of pack... With a sensible approach to things in the first place, but uh, if you're at your house, you know, like at where we're at right now, oh yeah, I'm, you know, there's a whole uh, bookcase full of uh, bookshelf full of uh, games and role playing games that uh, can be pulled out, so it's no big deal here. But if I were at Mike's house playing, you know, I might have to go back and uh, recollect something. But at the same time, I carry a few things, so do keep a very uh, fun and easy to play uh, pickup game. That's not just a role-playing game, but sometimes you just, uh, you get together with some friends and what happens is like, hey, let's just play a role-playing game. And you're like, well, uh, I've got a few books and dice. Now what do you do? Well, the internet, as I mentioned before, there's a lot of good stuff that you can get off the internet, most of it for free for the quick start stuff. So as long as you got a, a good set of dice and maybe a pad of paper. I, I'm not ashamed at all to admit this. Uh, I usually have one spare set of dice tucked somewhere in my vehicle. Uh, because I don't know. I mean, there could be a pickup game. A spontaneous uh, game could just break out, you know, and you just need your dice. This totally happens from time to time. Not yeah, so often. You, so you're saying you carry your dice where we, so you're always carrying dice. Have dice will travel. That's right. Is the part of the man. Is the part of the man. Um, <laughs> Paladin. Oh, Paladin. Oh, Paladin. Yeah, I used yes. to sing that when I was playing my Paladin at first. Yeah. <laughs> Paladin, Paladin, where are you going? Yes, those were the days. Oh, yeah. But, <laughs> but uh, no, I, I would actually, uh, as, as a last option, I would say uh, to the DMs out there, um, having the PDFs on a cell phone that is readily accessible... And then having a yep. spare set of dice handy, uh, or even a few sets of dice, a large enough stash that you could equip several players. In the event of that spontaneous surprise game, like, you know, like, so what about this D&D thing, you know, like, that I've been hearing about? How is it that we do that? How, how do you do that? You know, that moment, you're like, well, hang on. It's your lucky day. Let me open the <laughs> trunk of the car. As you can see, there are no corpses in here, but I do have dice. So <laughs> it has not resulted in a, a series of 
uh, <laughs> uh, fallen enemies. No, this is a a hobby, and you know it is perfectly harmless. So I hear let they me eat walk children you through when this. They play D&D. <laughs> no, jeez. Oh, no. Repeat them to you know those who show up after they are summoned. <laughs> um, yeah, they're yeah, o- they're offerings. We don't eat them. <laughs> Get it right, people. Um, no, uh, yeah, and having, you know the, having the gear necessary, having just one spare set of dice tucked away, or just enough for a few players, uh, it's not a bad idea. I have a PDF uh, copy that I carry. Right next to the road flares in the emergency medical kit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and also with uh, just toys, too, um, Cleo Rama. There's a set of rules. You can download them for free from on the internet. It's pretty easy to find. And you take Play-Doh and you make monsters out of them. And then you just move them on a chessboard and, you know, you just uh, battle brawl for it all. So that, <laughs> and it's enor- enormous fun. So, you know, where you, if you like have something that shoots projectiles, you actually will take your finger and stick it into it. <laughs> you know. And... Oh, cute. <laughs> oh, now, a uh, perfect example of a board game that uh, was a very quick pickup game a long time ago. Uh, the zombie mall thing, like Escape from the Mall, and it was full of zombies. But oh, yeah? I can't remember the name of that game, but... Oh, are you thinking about Pass Me the Brain? No, no, not Pass Me the Brain. Oh. Uh, that Pass Me the Brain is the cheap-ass games uh, <laughs> no pun uh, edition of uh, a very quick card game based on zombie fast food workers. You don't uh, ask. It, it, yeah. you, you have to experience it. It's, we can't it's explain a, it. It's a thing that you really have to go through, uh, but you know, I, I love that you're filling meal orders and trying to win access to the brain for for the weekend. Uh, and one of the orders is uh, a fish sandwich and three large drinks. And the title of that order is "The Old Man and the Sea." Yes, and the burger at the Patreon. So yeah, all right. No, no. Uh, that is a different game, but I believe it was uh, Ed, uh, you, me, and. Uh, I'm not sure who else, but you were trying to escape from a mall while zombies tried to eat you. Yeah, I think it's just uh, zombies ate your brain. Oh, okay. Yeah, that sounds all flesh must be eaten or something like that. Ah, all right, that might have been it. All flesh must be eaten. Ah. (laughs) And if I recall correctly, I... I did not make it out of them all first, but I, I did manage to make it to the end of that session. So I, I felt pretty good about it. But yeah, uh, spontaneous game decisions happen. They are just a normal facet of gaming. They're one of those things that we all have to cope with. Yeah, back in the day, they used to call them beer and pretzels games, like Car Wars, until they grew into these large... Oh, yeah, Steve Jackson's uh, early outing, Car Wars. Ogre. Oh, well, which grew into something far, far larger. Well, yeah, I mean, after success hits something, you know, they're obviously going to keep developing it. But, yeah, uh, you know, there was a bunch of beer and pretzels games that you could play back in uh, the day. Uh, the Creature That Ate Sheboygan was always a fun one in <laughs> Snit's Revenge. But uh, we're getting off a little bit in the weeds on this one. But uh, as far as role-playing games, you know, I think we covered it pretty well. Just, you know, is a D- if you're the DM, always keep a couple, uh, you know, fallback scenarios ready. If, even if they're just... Uh, First level games or mid level, you know, uh, generate a few uh, player characters for them. Or um, if your players are really fast and you're using a very simple rule set, yeah, they can generate them right there and uh, away you go. And do keep notes on the kinds of other interests your players have. 
Uh, if your particular table is top-heavy with sci-fi enthusiasts looking for a break from fantasy, well then, you know, like you've already got an indication of where you should go uh, on a night off to do something a little different. Yeah. Um, and of course, if uh, they're not so much on the science fiction bandwagon, shift gears, maybe horror, Shithulu, mm -hmm. uh, Don't Rest Your Head, uh, Vampire... Uh, werewolf, the apocalypse. Uh, yeah, some of those others. Uh, and of course, you know, GURPS, uh, which has a terrific array of. Well, yeah, but well, the, the character creation system on that one is a little bit of a learning curve. Yeah, all right. Uh, yeah, we'll, <laughs> we're breaking we're, one of our don'ts. Yeah, uh, that one, uh, if you have players who are not familiar with that system at all and you yourself are not especially familiar with it, this is not to be approached lightheartedly. Uh, but it is a system with an enormous variety of settings. Yeah, and also the uh, DCC uh, and Mutant Carl Classics have their uh, Ooh, character yes. funnels, so you can just make up a real quick character and just start on something. Just, you know, having fun is the big thing right there, and uh, making sure that... My goodness, dog. And we have a whining dog in the background, so we're going to wrap it up here then. Oh, yeah, we've we've received our first whine of disapproval. Yes, uh, so usually uh, the crowd of cats is cheering us, but uh, no, we we have uh, doggy disappointment today. Yeah, doggy disappointment. We we did not score as well in the ratings with dogs. Uh, yeah, we're gonna have to improve that. So uh, definitely more uh, dog snacks uh, next time. <laughs> so yeah, uh, that'll do it for us. I, uh, that was our take on spontaneous games. Always keep something around and, uh, you know, have a plan. But uh, in, the, in either case, uh, let us know what you think. If you liked uh, what we talked about tonight or you have anything to add to that, you know, just go ahead and let us know either on our Facebook page or you can get all of us on Twitter, me at Death Hand Gaming. And myself at Magi Box. And talk to us directly or drop us a DM in our direct messages. Uh, something. And also... Uh, you can download the Ink Wrap and uh, leave us a voice message and we'll put you on the show. So again, we hope you enjoyed and we're going to bid you adieu. But remember, may, may the, the dice always roll in your favor. favor. We're out. See ya. See ya.